just a bunch of witty banter. Good clip, Papa. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Witty Banter. This is episode number 42. I am your host, Chase Williams. To my right is the Night Owl, Hunter Dorset. <laughs> oh, I like that. And to my left is the kid with the undoubtedly coolest name ever, Kevin King. Yo. Wow, your last name's King? Yeah, alliterations, cool baby. No Kevin reason. No King. No wonder you got so many followers. Power name. Exactly. Well, this is a special <laughs> night because Woody Banter is coming to you from the 16th floor of the Omni Hotel. Pretty cool. It's feeling pretty classy. Kevin, can you go and explain why we're here? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I'm super excited. Woody Banter, fan right here. Oh, boy. Uh, That's great. We duped another one. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Uh, No, but we're coming to you guys live from Capital Factory. Um, For those of you who don't know Capital Factory, we like to refer to it. It's it's pretty badass. We like to refer to it as the Entrepreneurial Center of Gravity in Austin, Texas. Is this a tagline? Uh, It is, it is. That has some weight behind it. I think we're caught in your orbit. (laughs) (laughs) I know, man. We're pulling you close. And uh, we call it that both, you know, metaphorically and physically, because like you said, we're at the Omni, right? We're at the heart of downtown right now. Yeah. And uh, really, Capital Factory has a ton of components to it. Um, and yeah, I'll break them down, because even yeah. just walking through, it seems like a complex area, but it's also just freaking cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad I was able to give a little mini tour. Uh, and, you know, we had a big event going on when you guys came in, so... Mm-hmm. Right there to the right when you guys walk in is, is our co-working space. And co-working is kind of the first level membership you can have with Capital Factory. So you guys and that is people now. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you could be an entrepreneur here in Austin. You know, maybe you started a company, um, but you're just looking for a space to kind of work, you know, and kind of and get in the zone and get into the ecosystem of uh-huh. Austin startups. And so yeah. you can come in and work in our co-working space. Um, but the bigger component is the accelerator program. Um, and so the way that works is each month we open up a round of applications for startups in Austin, in Texas, you know, across the country. We've even had some international companies. Wow. And so they apply through uh, angelist.com. And this is a pretty basic kind of profile of, you know, this is our company. We attached a pitch video for you guys to watch. This mm-hmm. is some metrics about where the company's at, you know, mm-hmm. some traction with our product, et cetera. Um, and from there, we get anywhere from, you know, 30 to a couple hundred, you know, applications each month. Wow. And uh, so those are real fun to sift through. Oh, well, yeah. So that's, uh, that's one of my you big see, jobs. I make Legos. <laughs> I sell pre made Legos. Exactly. You invest. There's, you see some crazy ideas, that is for sure. Uh, is it um, like in a specific uh, concentration that most people come out? Is it like within a specific yeah, industry? Yeah, so we take, we take tech companies. You know, uh, okay. you know, Shark Tank you know, is probably the one show that most people are familiar with when it comes right. to startups. But you know, yeah. we're not, show, yeah. yeah, we're not tanking. We're not taking, you know, Auntie Patricia's, you know, little cupcakes <laughs> that she made that's yeah. just going to you're not everybody. throwing billions of dollars around like Mark Cuban. No, right. And so, you know, it's a lot it's a lot of tech companies, but one of our goals is to get a diverse range of companies, right? So we want we want ed tech, education tech, we want finance tech, we want health tech, you know, and to kind okay. of anything to diversify our portfolio for investors to look at. Do you guys awesome. have any uh, video game companies? Uh, you know, we have a couple who are using gaming to do something else, right? Yeah. So um, one of our, you know, great companies we have here is Aceable. And Aceable is basically taking um, you know, content that would be administered through like 
for instance, everybody has to take driver's ed, right? Of course. Um, and it's always a bore for any of us to take driver's ed or defensive driving, right? It's these, yes. these awful, you know, kind I of just... It, but that's just me personally. <laughs> right. But so, you know, and nobody wants to sit through those things. So, you know, they've taken the content there and kind of reduced it to these, you know, uh, games more or less, you know, or these just more interactive, you know, way to, to absorb the content that's necessary to then pass the it's test like at the, the end. math blaster of drivers. And there you go. I need um, one of those for the CPA exam right now. Man. Right. You know, and so it's, it's a great space for them. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> this is one plus two is what? Yeah, Frogger defensive driving. And That's cool, dude. Just walking through here and you guys have all like, you can sit on a bouncy ball. Oh, you'd work your core. Work yeah, your core. very like fluid working space, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's very Google inspired. It's, it's that, it's that new emerging startup culture. You yeah. Know, that's, that's spreading across the country. It's the, it's the open office, open creativity, collaborative environment mm -hmm. that really kind of makes Capital Factory such a awesome place to be. Um, here awesome. we are and they're now allowing us to drink beer in their office. Yeah, how well, creative. Yeah, we've always got two kegs on tap, you know, always good beers. <laughs> yeah, that was so dope. it fit the witty banter style. It does, great. because the style of witty banter is pretty simple. News items and beer drinking. Oh, yes. And now we haven't got to do a beer in a while, Hunter. We've been slacking, and that's why I'm happy to get the beer rolling. Yeah, let's do it, man. Every episode we review a beer here on Witty Banter, and this week's beer is called The Temptress. Mm. It's an imperial cool. milk stout from Lakewood Brewing Company. And I just want to give a shout-out to our buddy Robert Lee, who got us this beer for free as a birthday present and as a token of goodwill. Yeah, shout excited. out to Rob Lee. Thank Thanks, you, Robert. Man. Shout out, Rob. Now, Kevin, what is your experience with beer? How are you going to be approaching rating this beer? Well, so I will admit I am by no means as cultured as you fellas here, but that, that <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so That's an adjective for sure. uh, honestly, my uh, my taste in beer, I have my father to thank. Uh, you know, he's really, really into the craft brew scene up in Dallas. I was yeah. just telling you guys about. And, um, Sounds like a cool guy. Then. So I'm excited to learn. I think you guys are always great with the adjectives. That, that seems to be the selling point of describing <laughs> beers. You <laughs> know, it's, just, it's got a full yeah, body. You got to be creative just, with it, you know? Yeah, I think I tuned in a couple of y'all's Halloween episodes, and I was fascinated by the, the different ways you guys could describe the pumpkin taste. <laughs> yeah, was, right. was was impressive. <laughs> this was, was pumpkin again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how are they going to spin this? But well, uh, Hey, I mean, I just poured it up. This, so first of all, Imperial Milk Stout. Mm -hmm. We're going to have, um, it, it says it's right here, it's brewed with lactose, sugar, and vanilla. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the actual, there was a specific ingredient that Tyrell told us that they add in that uh, makes it a milk stout. And I don't know if it was like milk. powdered mm -hmm. milk or something. <laughs> okay, it I can was, attest to that. I get, I get a milky taste. Yeah. If that counts. <laughs> it's in the name, so yeah, I'm going to stick with the milk. Um, this thing's dark as hell. Yeah, and it is. It's definitely. It's sexy and it's rich. Um, it's a nine, what's it? Yeah, have you done any of the specs yet? 9.1%. It's a 9.1% ABU or ABV. Which and, I like. And uh, it's 56 IBUs, so it's not, I mean, it's, okay. not, it's not really going to be that bitter or whatever. Um, on, on the back, I, I'm, I'm going to shout out to them for this. It says, pairs well with robust blue cheese, dark chocolate, and sin. Mm. And sin? Yes. The temptress. <laughs> I mean, it is called the Temptress. Well, I was going to uh, ask, because I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, if I had a preference, you know, dark beers aren't always, you know, what I'm going to go for, but really? I, it seems I to be... it's fair with most people who aren't, like, Accustomed to drinking beer. Right, you know, and, I, and it, I, it seems to be, like, that food is definitely a compliment for something like that. So mm. it's interesting that they bring up food, because I'm thinking, like, what would I, you know, want with this? And it, it feels desserty to me, yeah. but I could also totally see it as a breakfast beer, like, if I needed it to be. That's why it being a four-pack and us only probably drinking one is a good idea, because <laughs> one is going to fill your stomach. You know? Yeah, you oh, yeah, it's very full. Yeah. And uh, have you had a chance to taste it? I, I tasted it a little bit, just yeah. to kind of go, I mean, I, I, I always... 
prefer when it's cold outside. I mm-hmm. kind of prefer darker beers, thicker beers. Okay. Just it just gives me beer. yeah. It's like you're by a fire, you know, mm. enjoying some some hot cocoa or something, mm. but it's beer. Yeah. So I have had it a little bit. What do you think? Um, give me a little one more sip. Okay, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, right off the bat, the smell there is like a strange uh, sweetness and like a woodiness. You yeah, know? Mm, I get These the wood. These malts are definitely roasted because they're darker, um, but. You can really, I feel like you can smell that roastedness. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. it almost smells like wood in a way to me. But the smell also comes off as super sweet and, and very, uh, like, caramely. Yes. Like, mm. I get a lot of, I get a lot of caramel in the smell. And both those flavors are coming through exactly in the taste. Yeah. I haven't, and maybe as it opens up, we'll get something else. But as of right now, like, I smell caramel and I smell uh, just roasted wood, essentially. And mm-hmm. then that's what I'm tasting as well. Yeah, it kind of sits in your mouth, definitely, in, in that way, because sure. I had a yeah. feeling it was just going to kind of get bitter after a while, but at, at initial taste, it's good. Yeah, and it's kind of sweet. It's like, good. That, there's not really much, I don't feel hot. There's not much, like, drawback from it. Right. Um, yeah. but, it, but, it, but that being said, I think that it still packs a punch of flavor, though. I mean, it, I, I oh, think yeah. that it, it's a very, like, pronounced um, uh, taste so it yeah, seduced um, me. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it opening up a little bit more, trying to get more of that like opening inherent up. flavor that might be obscured by the cold. Mm. <clears throat> well, let's. Uh, you want to go ahead and jump into news time? Oh, I'm always news. ready, man. For news. Dive. All right. Well, this is witty banter. You've been on. This is, this is my favorite. Well, part, I mean, y'all I are so good at it. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm so impressed by you. I mean, most most guests don't really get the beep. Oh, you gotta go for it. Oh man. man, when you go I for can, it, you I feel think so I could good about it. Well, you know, I, I just saw Whiplash, so really? I've got. What was that oh movie? gosh. It's supposed to be awesome. It's Does brilliant. they beep and boop all over it's, the place? It, I got or? some skit scatting in my bones. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it's great. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a huge fan of Miles Teller, uh, just to begin with. Yeah. But this, yeah. th- he impressed me with this. And okay. If anything, the guy who you know I think's up for for best supporting uh, coming up, J.K. something. J.K. Is that the kid? No, he's the uh, he's actually the professor. The instructor you know, guy. Yeah, it's this Juilliard kind of setting. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Daily Planet. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I was impressed. Farm commercials, whiplash. He's done it all. Right. Cool. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead and jump right in. Alrighty. So this one comes from an article written by Natasha Tiku from TheVerge.com. Right? Oh, I love her. This Verge is great. Mm-hmm. I have a poster of her on my wall. Mm. The story reads, Twitter CEO Dick Costolo says, quote, oh, We suck at dealing with abuse and trolls on the platform, and we've sucked at it for years. Mm. It's no secret, and the rest of the world talks about it every day. We lose core user after core user by not addressing simple trolling issues that they face every day. End mm. quote. And then he goes on, let me give you one more. Okay. He goes on to say, um, quote, I'm frankly ashamed of how poorly we've dealt with this issue during my tenure as CEO. It's absurd. There's no excuse. I take full responsibility. And we're going to start kicking those people off right and left to make sure that they don't do these antics, end quote. Wow. That's interesting. I just want to get your takes on that because it's no secret that the internet is a very negative, volatile place. Mm -hmm. It's no secret that Twitter can get pretty disgusting. Especially, oh, yeah. like, I'm going to use that woman, Anita Sarkeesian, who is, like, she trumpets women, like, feminism in video games, and, like, it's just death threat after rape threat. Which wow. is ridiculous. That's and insane. So, first of all, just gut reactions to the CEO coming out and saying this. What do you guys think? My initial thing is, is, like, was there something that necessarily warranted him coming out about, like, was it... 
Um, was it that he had been unspoken on this topic for a long time and he felt like he needed to come to the table about it? Or was there like something that happened that he was like, this needs to be addressed? Well, it, just a little context. This was an internal memo that got picked up by outside sources. Wow, so, so it shouldn't was, have been leaked. Wow. This was to the company. Okay. Okay. And Or was it? Or was it? Yeah. You never know. It right. could be marketing, man. That's interesting. That's an interesting approach. But still, what, what can really be done, honestly? Well, and so, I mean, it seems his big thing was, you know, that this is killing their user base, right? Yeah. I think it's fascinating because at the same time, you know, I don't know if this kind of add to the news segment, uh, you know, Google just locked down a huge deal with Twitter um, to kind of start to drive more traffic towards their users. Hey, what's the nature of the so, Basically, back in 2011, uh, for a period of time, whenever you'd Google search something, uh, there would be like, you know, a Twitter feed that would more or less pop up that could be related to the search, right? Wow. Um, anything that kind of was buzzwords that hit along that would kind of throw a Twitter feed, and that disappeared for a while. So they kind of rigged a new deal now where they're going to start including, you know, with your Google searches, any kind of related Twitter feed that would pop up. Wow. And the goal here is, you know, if you, you search something on Google and then you're like, oh, there's people are tweeting about this, I click on it. If you're logged out, it will immediately go to like, you got to log in to go look at this. But if you're not, and you're not a user of Twitter yet, then it sends you to a sign-up page, right? So it's just another wow. way to start to drive users. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, this is interesting. Obviously, you know, he's, he's coming out, you know, to try and, you know, lay down the law with what, you know, he wants to come off as a big shot. But I think it's just part of a, a bigger push to continue to drive, you know, however many users they can back yeah. to Twitter, you know? And yeah. We're, we're, we're going to come out and say we're cleaning up the space and we're just going to try and bring as many people to it as possible. Uh, so it sounds like he, he wants like an increased effort at blocking these people, removing, removing them from the website. And I understand that. So here, here's just a question that I want to pose to you guys. At what point, you know, it, it's his platform. It's his business. He's allowed to dictate who gets to use it and who gets to not use it. Okay. But where does like free speech even play into this? at a certain point, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's like, because trolling is, is sort of a vague term, Yeah, you know? You're, it's like, it, people kind of like make it out like, you're not trolling until you're trolling. And it's yeah. like, there's a lot of gray space in between there where you could just be saying something that you know might piss people off, but, you know, it's still what you think. Right. You know, yeah. that might not, that might, somebody might think that that's trolling, but that might just be your actual honest opinion. Yeah, you know? There's I mean, some people that have controversial opinions out well, there. Well, it, it's interesting because I always think there's a line of, you know, trolls taking on just, I'm going to be a nuisance to where, like, I'm being a vigilante for something, or mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, this is a wild west of the internet and I'm the equilibrium. I'm, right. I'm keeping the people in check, or, you know, I think. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a sense of duty that they have. Right, exactly. And, you know, that gets, I mean, obviously you with, Ferguson, you see, you know, anonymous getting involved in trolling mm -hmm. in, in any way they can, and I think I think it is interesting you bring up free speech because as we continue to explore the wild west that is the internet, there will ultimately be an intersection of how are human rights going to get involved, yep. how are rights in general going to get involved with free speech, you know, and privacy, and you know, it's you know it's going to open up a can of worms. Targeting those people who are like being specific, like death threats, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it's pretty unmistakably negative and trolling. Not not as much as like being annoying and all that, which mm -hmm. you know, people, people I guess have a right to their opinions and stuff. But this is like just straight up harassment. And I think you should. Oh, totally. Have. Now, a second part to my question, mm. kind of going off the same line of thought here. Now, a lot of the reason why being so negative on the internet is possible is because you have this this anonymous Screen. mask. You yeah. have an avatar. Oh yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, I just read recently as well that Chinese laws may start pushing to not, like, you will have to verify your identity on the internet, mm. and you will not be able to have this avatar 
handle. Do you guys think that is fair? I mean, at, mm. would you feel violated if, if the United States came out with a law tomorrow that said you are no like you can no longer use the internet unless you are identified as yourself? Yes. Do you think that I is would, a violation? I think I would be. I don't know if offended is the right word, um, but I think the beautiful thing about the internet is anonymity. But it will ultimately could be the death of it. You know, um, I think that. It is its own space that you can come out and express how you want to be within reason. And I think that's where we're starting to see, you know, these people are pushing the line with death threats, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, I don't think a government can claim that, that level of regulation on you to, you know. So you think it's basically an inherent right to be able to be anonymous? I do. I think I feel the same way. And it's terrifying at the same time. I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, I won't completely discount that what, what uh, the effort that China is going through is completely unfounded or that it doesn't have its merits. But, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would prefer to have it the way that it is right now versus having to, like, have, you know, verify that I'm Hunter yeah. Dorset every time I get on Google. Right. You yeah. know, but at the same time, I mean, what if doing something like that ended up, you know, promoting a sense of responsibility yeah. when you're on the internet that wasn't there beforehand. That is very yeah. true. And yeah. like respecting other people. There, there's yeah. even reality show a reality show I think in like the United Kingdom where people would find the find these trolls in real life on the internet and go to their house and like confront them about what they said. Yeah, catfish. It is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. I mean, that was just a question that I sort of was thinking to myself that maybe we we could take more time to ponder outside of the in the coming weeks, but yeah. still, it's just an interesting no, yeah. dynamic. I definitely think, you know, there will v- by no means do I advocate for trolls because <laughs> like, I don't like trolls. Um, but don't it, like trolls. it's clearly become almost its own art form and clearly getting a reaction out of people and for us to have conversations about it, you know, yeah. because it's, it's, it's what it's driving. Your it's your just first witty banter condones all trolling. Trolling. <laughs> don't troll. Come on, man. All right. Uh, Stand to your bridge. Kevin, did you say you had some news to bring? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. can uh, definitely. Well, you know, we're already kind of in the Internet space. Um, you know, I brought up the, the kind of Google thing, that's that, that big deal that went down with mm-hmm. Twitter. But, you know, I was scrolling via the news feed on the book. Scrolling. The on, Book on of the, Faces. On the Book of Faces. Uh, and, you know, I finally saw, you know, somebody uh, recently launched a website, which is Battle for the Net. Um, and it mm. brings up the issue of net neutrality, um, which is a hot topic right yeah. now. Let's talk about this. And actually, it's interesting that, you know, we're out at Capital Factory, and I'll, I'll continue to plug away as I can. Um, but we actually had Senator Cruz come through, uh, yeah. to Ted Cruz, a few months. He's kind of a hot topic in this space, in isn't In general. He? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? And okay. so Really? Why? I'm clueless. See, I don't Why? really, okay, I'm kind of uh, net neutrality is on my understanding of yeah. What exactly the lefts and rights of vague yeah, of, of net neutrality is? Well, I'll do my but best. I know that but I know vague. that Senator Ted Cruz has like said a lot of stuff that's pissed off a lot of people, uh-huh. especially like a lot of young liberal-minded people. Mm-hmm. And so I just know that his name has popped up. Yeah, with net neutrality. I would say it's it's pretty much reduced itself to a, a team cable, team internet kind of battlefield, mm. more or less. and That's a really so, good way of putting it. Well, so it. that's yeah. So you know that's <laughs> way that's one of the ways. I like the pop. On his toes, man. Um, and so that's kind of how they set up the website, actually. It's, it, I don't want to take credit for the team, internet, team team cable, but so that's where they set it up, and literally right under Team Cable, boom, Ted Cruz's face, uh, wow. right next to Verizon, Comcast, AT&T. Um, but, yeah, so he came through, uh, did kind of a talk, and it was funny. 
he came through Capital Factory the week he had made those comments about net neutrality, which was mm. interesting because you know you're coming to one of the tech centers of Austin. Okay. Know? And so you know he gave you know he gave a great little talk, and you know I, I think there was kind of some buzz in the air about who was going to be the first question asked about net neutrality. Wow, and yeah. Sure enough, it was asked, and you know he launched into it, and you know it's it's just a matter of it's this you know fast lane versus slow lane debate, which people are a lot of talking about. You know it's it's. Yeah. A, Data throttle. Are we going to give these cable companies the ability to close out the the little guys? You know, and 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 coming from a startup perspective, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to compete with you know the, these massive you know streaming companies, content streaming companies, if they if they have the ability to you know sell you your service at a faster rate and yeah. you know incentivize Netflix to stream your content faster and yeah. things like that. So it's a you know it's it's a really wish washy subject and. The bigger news is that in 20 days, you know, to get back to the news, in 20 days, uh, FCC will vote on whether they're going to so reclassify man. Internet, uh, or it's called the Title II reclassification, which would pretty much make Internet a public utility. Um, mm. And that will kind of be a, a big stamp on, you know, this isn't going to happen and we're going to have net neutrality. And it'll be a big victory for, for Internet users everywhere. Mm. Um, so that's exciting news. But the thing is, this week, uh, FCC chairman... I forget his name. Uh, I couldn't even tell you right now. I want to say it's Wheeler. We got Chairman him. number one. I think it's Wheeler something. Uh, okay. Who, funny enough, used to be like a CEO of some cable company. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. But it actually <laughs> was, it actually was leaked that they're going to go ahead and rule in favor and and take the step and make internet a public utility, which will be huge. And this was leaked, right? So the the vote will still happen in 20 days, and and we'll see what happens. But um, and this is like a national like the. FCC, what a, do you know what that stands for? Federal Communications Commission or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think so. um, what are, is their authority? I mean, ha, are they going to have like a board of people vote on it? Is it going to be like a I, public I do, trial? No, or no, like, I, th I think it's a board. And again, I'm not going to try and speak to too many details because I'm not as super familiar as fine, I should I be. Mean, but, it's um, what you know. It's what you know. <laughs> uh, uh, Christopher Walken, boom, dead grandma. Bit of um, bit boop. Uh, the internet, it's... It's a funny thing. <laughs> but, uh, no, it'll be interesting. And I think it, it speaks to the whole Internet conversation we're having. And Internet will constantly be continued to be integrated into our culture, whether we like it or not. Well, let me ask you this. How do you feel about it becoming a public utility? And if it does, what are the effects of that? What does that mean? For the, like, maybe not in the grand scheme. Does it change what the Internet is for us? And, and in what ways? And let's think short term because yeah, who no. knows what... Yeah, you can't, for, right. you can't forecast. No, I, I, I do think it should become a public utility. I think we're at this point where, you know, Internet will be so pervasive that it will need, everybody will need access to it, yes. right? Um, and public taking making it a public utility is a step that direction. Um, but on the flip side, it's also a step towards more regulation because once something's a public utility, it's more or less in the hands of the government. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, there – and that's where a lot of he hesitant on the cable side is, is do we really want to – they claim that you know we're handing the internet over to the government, which is not entirely true. Um, and again, it's going to be a matter of you know as we're not going to go into it, but where is it going to be? But it's not entirely right? untrue. But I'm it's sure. not entirely yeah. untrue because regulations uh, will come down, and and that's the ultimate fear is you know uh, it is definitely probably a Republican more side to, to less government. Yeah. You know, and so it, that's that's clearly the argument being made. But you know, I think. It will become a public utility, and that will ultimately be a beneficial thing in the long term of creating, you know, substantial access to, to internet everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be interesting too, because there will be, there will be a lot of push and pull between how regulation is laid down over mm -hmm. the internet yeah. via, you know, 
is the federal government going to be laying down all these regulations? Or are we going to have some sort of? I, I know that there are like international council, international councils, based on internet access and based on like how the internet kind of functions as a whole. Yeah. So it's like would the international approach kind of yeah, take yeah, it? Yeah. And I'm exactly. sure that the government's not going to let up just like yeah. let control of it. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where it Net goes. Neutrality will, yeah, definitely. But. Um, so that you know, that was kind of the first news thing I wanted to bring to the table. If anything, I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to Battle for the Net. Go check it out. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, 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 it really lays the issue out well for you, and it, it breaks down the whole team cable, team internet, and the best part you that you know. And right, <laughs> exactly. The best part I'm going to advocate for, just as a gov major here at UT, is you know you can write your congressman. So do so, you know, and get involved because it, it's going to become a political issue, um, whether we like it or not. But hmm. it actually kind of segues nice because, you know, I wanted to actually kind of bring up the Grammys a little bit. Really? Mainly because the segue from the internet, watch this. I'm going to make a segue from yeah, the internet to the Grammys. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to tell you right now, I love segues. I love roundabout segues. We don't do enough of them on this show. Mm. The floor is yours. Okay. Do well, it to it. this is actually even more beneficial for the people via watching on the camera over here. Ooh, but I've got, a, nice. I've got a lovely little, uh, little sticker here. It's uh, rocking Childish Gambino's Because the Internet album. Right which is up for a Grammy nomination for Best Album. So BTI, that's the segue from the internet. And it's, it's fascinating because, you know, Gambino's album is very influenced off, influenced off internet culture right now. Um, yeah. And he actually wrote a screenplay along with the album, which was really cool, um, if you guys want to check that out too. But it's actually, to segue back to Trolls, it's, it's all about this guy who is an internet troll. It's this young kid who kind of, you know, trolls people, but goes out and finds, like, you know, world star hip-hop video, like, posts, just all this stuff. And, yeah. Um, so... I wanted to bring it up though because you know the rap album is going to be the rap album category is going to be pretty controversial, uh, mainly just because there's a there's a good mix of you know albums that are up right now. Mm -hmm. you, you've got Gambino with Because of the Internet, okay. our segue. Um, you've got Eminem up for Marshall Mathers, mm -hmm. uh, EP two or whatever. Uh, Commons in the category. Common. Common. Okay. You've got Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q. But don't, then there is Iggy Azalea oh, and her album. And you know, I wanted to bring it up because you know I saw. Her this is funny because this kind of segues into the segment a little bit later. So oh, good. Oh, look at that. We, this is, this is so much synergy right now. We might as well be segueing. <laughs> Boom. Oh, yeah. We should now just. I'm going to let you know right now, Kevin. A, don't listen to rap. Mm. B, See, I know I, much about the Grammys. I listen to more rap than Chase does. Okay. I probably care more about the Grammys maybe a little bit. But I think the Grammys, Grammys may be the... They might be the least on my scale of respect for awards. So here's, here's what I'm going to sell to you, though, about the Grammys. And I completely agree. I think the Grammys are total, <laughs> total BS. I think everyone kind of does. <laughs> they're total BS. But at the end of the day, it is the music, it is the corporate side of the music industry making a statement about who they care about. Okay. And I think well, well done. And I think, and I think that was pretty clear with you know Macklemore trumping Kendrick last year in the rap album. Yeah. If you haven't caught on, I'm a, I'm a fan of rap music. Okay, but that was just That's the first. Fair. We that, need someone trumpeting rap because our house is like a rap. We're very album. white. Yeah, uh, we're very. We got a lot of jazz. Oh well, that's, hey, that's no, that's good. <laughs> a lot of rock. Uh, it, rap was, you know, the first genre I got into. But it's funny because I've I've had some roommates who have been influencing me right towards rock as well. So okay. I will say that I've been listening to more rock and, and more alternative. If you need help, music, I mean, but just shout out. Man. I mean, yeah, I want I'd love to hear more <laughs> about Jack White later because oh, yeah. he's up for a rock album and he's going to run away with that, mm. no question. Yeah, uh, burn the Grammys down. Yeah, but so Iggy Azalea, Iggy Azalea is in the mix, and, and you know the article that came up again on the Book of Faces. Uh, 
was this whole thing that Iggy will likely win it because of you know the, the enormous amount of revenue she's driven her way oh and God. you know how much she's fueling the music industry right now. But the question is, you know, there's a clear cultural appropriations issue, and people are going after Iggy. She's this you know white Australian who's come into the rap culture, you know, is appropriating a lot of you know the black identity that's involved with rap, mm. um, and will likely run away with the title. And it's it's a repeat after Kendrick got robbed last year. Um, and it, it will likely stir debate, but I, you know, I guess I kind of just want to bring to the table, you know, this issue of, of, of appropriating cultures, um, in, especially in the music industry. And you know, there, there's a rich history of, of music transitioning hand, hands, right? It was, it was the black blues artists that made their way to England that turned into the rock this of the knows, 70s. You know, it, yeah, good. and if anything, it was, and you know, the other one I, I was reading into the other day was, was reggae, reggae, the black reggae music making its way to England, turning into dubstep, actually. Really, dubstep is apparently heavily influenced off of some of you know the uh, the initial. I guess I could. T- I, I mean, when I think about it, yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, send you a link a after this, but it's a great video that kind of breaks down a side by side of like a reggae song and like a classic dubstep yeah, song. Yeah, like transitions it. And 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 the beats that are used are are so identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's 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 an interesting point we're at in history, um, you well, know, with, like, with culture like and with you music. Saying that it, it, this is like the corporate side, mm-hmm. them choosing like what should be paid attention to. And when you think of pop culture, like, they're a big part of what, it, like, the corporate side is almost 50% in a way of what ends up becoming pop culture. Because you mm-hmm. have, like, the creative side, mm-hmm. and you have the corporate side, and then they come together, and whatever they can agree on is then created. And mm-hmm. that goes down, you know, and gets distributed. And once it's been distribu- distributed, people who act as kind of like gatekeepers, maybe yeah. their YouTube personalities or magazines, they get to kind of tell you what's cool and Whether what's not, or not cool. It's in. Yeah. And then once it reaches them, then it becomes, then it goes to the consumer, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so basically we're getting to see in motion this right-handed side versus the public perception of the I guess the consumers who are I get more involved yeah. than the average person, yeah. and you wonder what kind of backlash happens when you when you piss off the gatekeepers. And you know? yeah, and and I think that we're going to see that on Sunday. You know, especially if Iggy takes this home, though, I can guarantee you they'll be going back to the trolls. There's going to be a lot of Twitter conversations and a lot of Twitter hate. You know, that'll go down. I don't even but, find her rap. You know, and that's that's the argument to made be made too. You know, you know? It's, it's it's very poppy rap, but you know, you guys aren't the, aren't the biggest rap connoisseurs. But you know, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to bring that to the table just because you know I, I think it's going to be culturally interesting to watch for the music industry um, as people continue to criticize the music industry for what it's become, which is this mm-hmm. just poppy mess of music, both um, in and out, in and out. Music. You know, every genre has literally just become more popular. And I, I was talking to my roommate about that the <laughs> yeah. other day. It's just it's just the nature of what's selling now, and I think. Mm-hmm. Grammys have an opportunity to to make a statement either way this weekend, but we'll see. Yeah. Award shows, are, you know, are just are just the industry is just. You I know. feel like most people take them with a grain of salt. Oh, of Except course. Except for the then again, there's the people who just buy whatever is on the top forty, and those are the people who watch the Grammys and are like yeah. freaking stoked about the. Decisions. Yeah, well, and I, I've also heard I I have a roommate who used to you know live out in L.A. and and work in PR and, and was kind of involved in the industry. But um, a lot of this award show, you know, so much of it is like they know ahead of time who's going to win. Yeah. But apparently the one that has kept think. its prestige is the Oscars, which, which is cool to know, is that the Oscars hmm. is apparently pretty under wraps about, you know, uh, leaking the... I think the that has the most weight as far as oh, the... Oh, yeah, totally. And, awards, yeah. You know, but, you know. Except for the fact that uh, Lego Movie didn't get nominated for anything. Dude. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's beautiful. Anyway. 
Well, let's move right on to the, my last news item. This okay. one is uh, it's a favorite topic of ours, Hunter. We're going to talk about some hacking again. We really want to... <laughs> okay. We talk about hacking a lot. Do we really? I mean, Boston okay. hacking. It's probably been like three It's funny because I don't know anything about hacking, so let's go. I wish I knew more. Yeah, I think Educated. we all do. This, But this scares the shit out of me. So anyway, this is a story from NBC News, and it reads, uh, The FBI is investigating a potentially massive computer hacking attack on Anthem Incorporated, one of the nation's largest health insurance companies. Now, this one struck a chord to me because I think one of like little subsidiaries of them is Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is the mm, insurance that's my that insurance I have. company. <laughs> so here's the quote. Um, okay. Cyber attackers executed a very sophisticated attack to gain unauthorized access to one of Anthem's IT systems and have tamed personal information related to consumers and Anthem employees Great. who are currently Classic. covered or who have received coverage in the past. And uh, that was from their company spokeswoman, Kristen Benz. And then she goes on to Kristen. say, another quote here, no credit card, no credit banking or financial information was compromised, nor is there evidence at this time that medical information such as claims, test results, or diagnostic codes were targeted or obtained. Now. That was a lot of jargon. Is it getting to the point, we've had several, I mean, okay, let's talk about the, the, big, the big one, the Sony hack. That was on everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. That one came to fruition. When it was Sony and Xbox too, right? Well, I mean, I'm talking about Sony. Oh, just as the okay. Interview, okay. That whole fiasco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you've got this hack. You've got all the Lizard Squad BS. Mm. Is hacking getting to the point now where it's so it's getting more and more prevalent, more and more like spotlighted that companies are going to start have like having to react to it, where putting off the costs and the security is going to be like a detriment to not only their public image, but to all of our information. It's like the way that I look at it is that companies for years have benefited on the upside from integrating into the internet, but they haven't, they haven't bolstered the security around having that access to the internet. And so now it's like, well, people are starting to take advantage of this. So now our upside is starting to become smaller and smaller well, and smaller. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you where I think that that discrepancies happened is, you know, we've become more integrated and companies are becoming more electronic and, mm -hmm. you know, that's where we store a lot more of information. But it's, it's educating the human users and it's in educating the employees on, on what these attacks will look like that right. I think is what's hurting the most is, you know, it, softwares it can do what they will, right? But mm -hmm. I think there's ultimately a, a level of educating your employees way more because, you know, they say that the largest number of, uh, of hacking attacks are phish emails, right? Which right. it's, you know, these, it's phishing emails that are, are the pain of any, of any company. It's, you know, these emails that you open up, it's like, click this, click that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're being hacked, right? Yeah, you're being um, right? <laughs> so it, 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 I think it's more on it. It's an education issue. I think it's educating employees on how to identify, you know, when they're when they're under attack. Um, and more than anything, when you're under attack, it's too late. So preventing the attack and and being able to discern, you know, that. But, but that being said, I mean, it keeps changing though. Like mm. the way that we're hacking, it's not like there's like you know a finite set of how hacking is being done. Like it could be anything nowadays. Yeah. You could you you could have your your friend text you something, and if you don't know how to like verify that they're, you know, well, is it really this person? Yeah. Are they really sending me this link? Like, what with, the hell? Exactly. I get emails with personal, like, hey, man, I didn't realize that you were in this, and it's a link. And you're like, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I've been around computers enough that like, I know that's a hack, but you or, think about Joe Schmo on the computer. Yeah, yeah or luckily, like, this friend hasn't messaged me in three years, so I know for a fact <laughs> this is some bullshit. Yeah. Right. But, and yeah. He's using, like, BT. 
BTW, like all the all the internet lingo. To, but they'll to call it like target it. fishing, where mm-hmm. or, or yeah. fish hooking or fish whatever. Hooking, yeah. yeah, you know, where like they'll be like, "Hey, Hunter, um, saw you were in a podcast. You should check this out." Yeah, and they're like, "How am I gonna know?" Getting smarter and smarter. You know, yeah. basically, just don't click on any links. Well, you know, it goes back to the, the internet. Who who do we trust on the internet? And I think, yeah, we we define this this space of friends that we have, right? But when all of a sudden this this space we have defined as friends are now, you know, well, they've been hacked. We don't know they've been hacked, and now that they're they're in our network, and it's. So yeah, my my main overarching question is: Do you think that we're sort of reaching some sort of turning point where, like, public perception of we we are realizing how far behind we are in security, and that yes. it's going to cause people to take it more seriously now you know, uh, do you think that hacking has become more prevalent in just everyday news and etc objectively yes i yes. mean in my uh in my class my it class i just took an it accounting course oh cool and you know regarding accounting out, softwares UT. yeah uh re- regarding you know being in accounting and having these huge ma- massive softwares that are or databases and stuff like you have to have really, really good security, mm-hmm. and so they kind of outline a lot of the different ways that hacking has been done. And since 2010, hacking has become just like the most—it's it, definitely become an exponential thing. Like mm-hmm. um, they have charts where it was like you know they'll show a bubble for like how big the attack was and like how relevant it was versus the other ones, and it was a timeline going upward, and it was just like boom, 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 boom. Like yeah. now that we're in 2015, literally every week, major major companies are getting yeah. hacked, and it's like, yeah, you don't want to make that a part of your cost of good or not your cost of good soul as far as your like general expenses. expenses. You don't yeah. want that to become, you know, go from a one percent expense to a ten percent right. expense. But like you said, it's it's a straight up just like sunk. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's just directly it's you just, have to. It's do like it. But you yeah. know, the the double edged sword of that though is that it's employing the hell out of security firms, right? Because now it's just like, you know, companies will contract some of the best security firms who are just looking for people to hack. You know, it's like we just created yeah. this hack us and tell us what's wrong. White hat know? hackers. And so yeah, exactly. So it's it's created a whole other industry that is booming now. You know, I got yeah. I got a good buddy who just locked down a job in Austin. Which, by the way, you know, if you're a hacker, you know, there's there's tons of jobs in Austin just working around this tech space for or anywhere for secure anywhere really. <laughs> you know, and Shit. and looking for you know some of the best hackers out there to to get on the good side of it, right? And you know, and, yeah, finally, and really help you know find these problems and identify problems for companies before they become sunk costs and before they become, you know, a, a true issue for them. But no, yes. yeah, I, I think it is definitely getting to a point where companies are starting to get the deer in the headlight look. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, we're next. You know, like, we're next. And, and, the, and the thing is, is like, there's such a low liability for it right now. It's like, oh, we got hacked, guys. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it, 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 at some point, it's like, if if we're yeah that's if, true say we say I invest in a company right if I'm a shareholder oh, yeah, of I'd a love company to talk about this. and <laughs> you know I buy like a thousand a thousand shares of some company and they're just like well sorry guys we got hacked all your financial information was lost and we don't know what next happen. time yeah. it won't happen next time you know it's like at some point you got to be liable for something <laughs> you that's know like true. so I, and I, and I think that that'll probably come to a head as yeah. well so yeah yeah i just think there'll be a very very large growing trend in costs into IT security and I, having those white hat hackers figure yeah. out your stuff before the black hat do. Yeah, and, and, and to go back to your question, you know, we will have to confront it because beyond the company, it is now invading us personally, like, you know, like we talked about, with yes. getting random Facebook messages. So, you know, we're going to have to confront, you know, what, what security is going to look like for the future. Sure. 
Well, that's all the news. Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you have anything else you want to bring, or is that it? Uh, We're I probably that... running a little low on the on the news time. Time of steam. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm going I'm to lead us on. Choo, well, then choo, let's choo. go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All righty. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. And we are back. And we're ready to keep talking about these beers. It's been some time. It's opened up a little bit. We've drank more of said beer. Mm. Kevin, I want you to go first. How do you feel? Well, you know, at this point, Shakespeare would be proud. I don't know if you guys get that reference, uh, but yeah. the Tempest, Tempest. Or the Tempest. It's temp- Tempest, Temptress. Tempest, you know, yeah. I tried. You did your best. <laughs> um, Witty. You know, you said something at the at the first taste, which has stuck with me, which is is this kind of woody roast taste that yeah. has kind of sat in my mouth this whole past segment. Um, but you Are know, you enjoying I, that though. I I am, you know, because normally it, you know it kind of gets you know. It kind of sits in your mouth, and it, and it can get sour or bitter. But you know, this has stayed true, and I think it's either the milkiness or the chocolateiness yeah. that has kind of helped it stay, you know, not too bitter in my mouth at all. Um, but for sure. for an inexperienced dark beer drinker, I self-proclaimed am self-proclaimed. <laughs> I'm on board still. Good. I, That's I good am, to hear. I yeah. like bringing people into the dark side of things. That's dark great, man. Because exactly. most people are out of their element whenever we uh, confront them with, with beers like this. So it is interesting see, seeing them Especially work through the flavors. We're like, so yeah. in our element. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are some of my favorite beers. These are. These are. These are great. Um, I, and I'm going to piggyback on the same thing as well. I, sure. I think that you kind of nailed it with like that, that wood, um, you know, fine oak. A roast or whatever Folk, it is, if you will. Uh, yeah, and I, c- I get a That's little bit right. possible like chocolate, chocolatey on the side. It's, it's like you ate dark but it's chocolate. Like a, yeah, it's dark chocolate. It's not like mouth. like there's a sweetness, but I wouldn't attribute the sweetness to the chocolatiness necessarily. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. It's gotten. I'd argue that it might have even gotten better as it's opened up. I think so too. Um, um, what I'm really enjoying, I'm going to agree with all the flavors you said there. The smokiness is great. The caramel is still there for me for sure. Mm, I really enjoy just the mouthfeel on this. It is mm-hmm. very smooth and very drinkable, but it's not overly milky. It's not like, and here's what I mean, like, like syrupy milk stout. A lot of what you expect is to get this cream taste, where it's almost like you're drinking heavy cream, or it's super vanilla. Mm-hmm. And to me, it even advertises vanilla on there. I don't really get it, but I'm happy that I don't get it. Right. That mouthfeel to me is just coming from that um, big alcohol base, mm-hmm. which I enjoy, but just that robust um, smokiness. And then, um, what am I thinking? Yeah, chocolate mm-hmm. and, and the roast is delicious to me. And there honestly is a tiny bit of bitterness that comes in at the very mm-hmm. end. Okay. And I don't. I think that is that little bit of hops that they added. I think they gives it some character. I think they balanced it flawlessly because you have a lot of large, robust flavors in here. And then they're like, hey. We put hops in there too. Not enough for you to like taste them. It's not like this woodsy feel, but it's enough to be like. It gives it like a backbone or like a backdrop for the other flavors. Yes. And I really enjoy it. I'm sitting on this beer's lap right now. Okay. I'm about it. That's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's the other way around? You're not like caress- I mean, I thought you were no, he's got me cuddled right. up, you know? I mean, he is a I'm nice. On his, I'm on his he's, lap. He's comfortable. He's tempting. Well, actually, it's a she. It's a temptress. Oh, jeez. Oh, I guess I got yeah, a PC over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hunter, you said um, you got an idea for a segment. I do. What are we doing today? 
Okay, so hold on, our, hold on. Do we beep boop into the segment? We can. We can beep boop. You know Go what? Ahead. We can Go make a special exception. exception. Beep 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 boop beep. Okay, so our segment today, we usually try and uh, keep it fresh, keep it keep it alive. Mm-hmm. We haven't done this one in a while. We'll go ahead and uh, saunter on over to uh, top three. My number three is definitely Goku's hair. I think my number two's got to be Hyper Beam. My number one is without a doubt Witty Banter. It's a top three. Okay, top my favorites. three. Okay, so what you got for us? What we do with top three is we just list one, two, three. Usually try and start from three, work our way to one if we can. If it's okay. too hard, then just list them. Okay. Um, our top three today, I said that it segmented from the Grammys a little bit. Uh-huh. And it's funny because I thought about it before we got here. Um, what are your top three, each of you, your favorite indulgent pop artists? Guilty pleasure, oh. guilty pleasure pop artists. Oh, Lord. That you have to, to fess up to, I don't really want to listen to, or, like, I don't want to say that I like these people, but dang it, I like these people. Okay. okay. See, I'm going to have to really reach back and not do, like, what is happening right now. I'm out of touch right now. Okay. But that's, I do far, that's fair. I'll, I do have I'll some... probably stay in the now. Okay. That's fine. I think I'll have a mix. So okay, that's great. Good. I have some guilty pleasures for you. And now here's the deal. I'm not completely well thought out in this list. I have a couple I'm thinking of. So let's go in a circle. We'll so each, threes and we'll then twos and ones. First. Okay. Now... My number three, and it's kind of relevant given the Super Bowl, is Katy Perry. Mm. Okay. I think Katy Perry has a fantastic voice. I think she is an incredible specimen of the female mm-hmm. gender. She okay. is. She, she is. put on a show. She is so one attractive. of my favorite females on this, pl- on this yeah. planet Earth. But her songs are dope, man. They're like, I think they're kind of funny and they're cutesy and I dig them. It's like she's a character of herself, but she's not annoying about it. Exactly. Not at you all. Know? Like she knows how to, she knows how to play up being different without it being like. Oh, Her you know, outfits like, are outrageous. Yeah, um, she did pretty well on the SNL that she was on. So I'm a fan. She like she totally like took the spotlight um, on one of the college game days. Do you ever watch college game day? Oh, yeah. Dude, that Did you see on... her when she was on it? I don't know. What uh, what week was the game? It was it was like the week. It was it was the biggest. It was the week where there was like six upsets this year. Oh, okay. There okay. were six major, major upsets, and she was on it, and she like, Lee Corso always puts on this big oh, mascot yeah. head, and she like took it off of his head for the first time ever. There you go. She was like, she was like, no, they're going to lose. And then there was like six major upsets, so everyone was like, Katy Perry changed the course Katie of Perry. the rocks. <laughs> yeah. So I think that she's really cool, man. She's really, really cute. So I'm, I'm on I'll board with Katie for sure. <clears throat> okay. So what do you got, Kevin? Who's next? Yeah. All right. Coming in at number three for me. And Justin you know, Bieber. <laughs> she, and we're, we're, we're going pop, and it's in the now because she's made a transition, okay. more or less. But my girl Taylor Swift. I knew it. I knew it was coming. My what? girl. I was dude, wondering if she, she was going to come up, up tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that album, 20, 22, 23, what is it? Called? 1989. 1989. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It is 1989. Actually, no. I, it's I where have she to, went full pop, man. No, I do have to admit, I, I should have known that because I own a T-shirt of it. Oh, gosh. Uh, did you, were you guys ever into the What are the Odds game? Oh, I love yeah, What are the sure. Odds. I lost a What are the Odds in a Target in Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> and I had to wear the uh, 1989 shirt for the, for that night that we were out there. Okay. Anyways, Taylor's going to come in at number three for me. I think that album was great. Uh, if that comes out, well, and also I'm going to give her this. She's a businesswoman. I think that a lot of people gave her a lot of flack for pulling her music, pulling her music. Dude, like she I did. respect the hell out of that. But she like turned her revenue around like tenfold when she did it. Uh-huh. You of know, course. for this year alone. And so Taylor Swift, baby, if you're out there. <laughs> 
You're my number three. <laughs> You're my number three, girl. You're my You're number three. three. So give me a call. Uh, oh, uh, man. So my number three is interesting, and I'm going to put her at number three basically because I don't know a whole lot of her music, but she's had this one particular song and a couple other ones that I thought were interesting that kind of made uh, some waves through the industry. Um, Sia. Sia? Do you know Sia? What, I've, I've, uh, uh, S-I-A? She's the one that did, like, Chandelier. Yeah. Chandelier. Uh, you, know the, you know the music video with, like, the little girl dancing all over the place, and she has, like, the blonde wig? You've never seen that, I dude? Sia. No, I, I swear to God you have. I know the name, but I can't put, like, a song to did it. Did you not see? The, okay, it was, there was that big Shia LaBeouf music video. Yes. You said when they're in the cage. Yeah, and I thought that was really good, too. Yeah, that was a, yeah. I, I just think that she's a really interesting figure. I, I don't know how actually poppy she is, but I know that like her her biggest songs have hit mainstream status. So I'm gonna put her at number three. She has this really weird like persona where she doesn't like let people see her face very often, kind of like a gorillas esque kind of thing about her. Interesting. And I think she even wears she's... a gorilla mask and a couple. Of... <laughs> <laughs> she loves bananas too. But and she's like she's basically like full-time hired this little girl to like be this professional dancer and like go on tour with her and it's she just makes really good interesting music so i'm gonna go ahead and put her number three she's 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 a good i don't think it's as guilty for me to say but i think it's a solid number three yes you you walk the line between guilty and and actual okay cool so So this is tough for me man like i just it's hard for me to think of even have like a good working vocabulary here Mm -hmm. but Something a band that I love that I will consider they're definitely it, they were at one time in in the pop scene. Okay, they're from overseas, but they they have a little bit of guilt because I know that when I say this band, I'm either gonna get a I'm gonna get a polarized reaction. Hmm. But that's Depeche Mode. Ooh, eighties mm, man. Will you go? I mean, will you allow that answer? I wouldn't say that's pop, but I mean, we'll we'll say it. Pop. We'll say it. I, I think of pop as like mainstream. Yeah. Are they mainstream? I mean, Jesus. Um, I mean, you're gonna name a lot of songs that I don't know, right? But these were all hits, man. They were all hits. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to go people people. on your word on that, not from I my love knowledge. Depeche Mode, and you're right. They're like they're so 80s it hurts. And like when people tell me that like I don't like Depeche Mode, I get it. I'm like, fine, I understand. Like, especially now, you don't go back and listen to Depeche Mode. But I grew up with them. Uh-huh. Depeche Mode, I love it. I love mm-hmm. them. Number two. Okay. You really never listen to the radio, do you? No, no, I, I respect that. I really do. I do. I'll go out to like a party or something, and it's just like pop song after pop song, mm. and the whole place is dancing. They know the words. And I'm just like shit. <laughs> I am not mm. a part of this guys. Yeah, it, uh, but I think it's a lot like it's supposed to look cooler than it actually is. Yeah. Well, Can you come out to our parties, man? We got a great playlist. Let's do it. Um. All right, number two. Number two. I'm gonna give it to Ariana Grande. Wow. Here's That's why. That's interesting. I've got a, I got a little bit of a theater background. You know, I was pretty involved with theater and whatnot in, in high school. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm actually, I'm actually on the speech team here at UT. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I've got some performance background. What I love about Ariana is she started on Broadway. She really? actually did. Yeah, she was in, I'm pretty sure, the musical 13. Um, but, you know, I'm... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to go with Ariana just because she's given some, some pretty cool performances actually lately, uh, whether it was at the VMAs or just, you know, I've, I've seen, I've enjoyed some of her music videos. And again, when we talk about guilty pleasure, like I would never admit that I'm an Ariana Grande fan. I'll do it now over the but <laughs> so if to, to, to banter nation, yeah. I'm coming clean. 
Ariana Grande. <laughs> if it's on the radio, I might turn it up a little bit on okay. the dial. That's fair. Two, I'd push three. Well, I'm going to give her, yeah, yeah. Give her the decibels, man. Yep. Uh, I'm going to crank that. I might even roll down a window. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Puts an envelope here, man. Uh, you know, and so I'm going to give uh, Ariana Grande number two. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I got to re redo a choice that's already been picked because this was my number two. Ariana? It's, Kate, it's Katy Perry. Oh. Katy Perry is my number two, and and I'll give like a little a little different light. Specifically, I really like the song uh, "Dark Horse." Okay. Yeah, that was her. Really, really catchy. Anytime I listen to that song, it's in my head for like two days. Okay. I also watched the Teenage Dream video right after the Super Bowl. So good. Couldn't look away. Oh God. Um. And plus, I, I just think that she's, like, really interesting in the fact that she's worked with, like, Snoop Dogg. She's worked with, like, hasn't she worked with, like, Kanye? Or what was that one that she did where it was, like, space? I think it was Kanye. She did, like, a one oh, where it was, like, a yeah, space, was space, like, stuff. crazy Dark Horse? Stuff. I think it's yeah. Dark Horse, maybe? No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm giving her another, you know, another shout-out. She's my number two. And it's because of the speaker, uh, the specific songs. Firework, dude. When I listen to Firework, you can't. You, yep. I'll put that up five, th- five notches. Oh man. yeah. Like I'm a firework. Yeah, you are. I'm gonna show them what I'm worth. Totally. Make them go uh uh uh. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like California like, girls too, dude. See, that's like probably one of my least favorite one of her main songs. I love that one. I like that. I think one. it's like a, a head do this kind of thing. Here's my question. That's never really done. Totally it's never really done the, y'all, the deepness. Y- y'all saw the Super Bowl, right? Okay. Yes, I yes. Like so, man. like, good. what are the odds she's got that massive ass lion or whatever she wrote in <laughs> parked right in front of her house right now? <laughs> because I well, can I think only it's hope, like a puppet, but I, I mean, can, I, well, I, can, I just can only hope she she has it in possession still because that would be amazing. she just like blows it up in her me, in her you spare know. time, just oh. like hangs out with a lion. Yeah, like did did you guys see the Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> check out my backyard. It's, yeah, I can't miss it, dude. Over <laughs> <laughs> Neighborhood Association, Katie, you gotta take it. Okay, down. so while it was lame, I had to re- re- recycle one that was used. That was my number two. <clears throat> Whoa, we're, we're going to you for number one, I believe, right? Who start- oh, I started. Uh, you started, yes. Uh, uh, Capital Factory, Entrepreneurial Center, Gravity of Austin. <laughs> number one, Lady Gaga. Easy choice. Right? I knew that was gonna yeah, be your number one chase. Gaga. <laughs> Yeah, you were saving the only one that, <laughs> yeah, that fit. Exactly. So, I mean, look, I don't necessarily agree with her whole, like, some of the things that she does on stage. The meat suit. Like, what the hell? You know, mm. like, that. I completely disagree with a lot of her antics. I think her voice is incredible. Mm. Like, just, not only is it unique, but it's just so, like, her range is outrageous. Her pop songs, like, like Telephone with Beyonce, and, like, mm. just... Her first two albums or whatever were is just like hit after hit. She's worked with some like pretty big names and like old jazz. Who was the guy? It was like I can't remember who she worked with. She did that song with uh, some jazz guy on Stephen Colbert. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. But oh, 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 yeah, Tony, it was uh, yeah, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, I respect the hell out of. Out of he was like, guy. she's the most. S- She's the most amazing performer and like in the moment performer I've ever worked with, yeah. and this guy is like a living legend. That's so, my respect. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's that, an artist. That's what I'm gonna go with, man. I, I think I, I've seen her live too, and she put on Ooh. an interesting show, but a good show. Cool. Lady okay. Cool. 
All right. We're getting to the top. My number one. And if you're going to, when I name this, you're going to realize what my theme was, which was the most mainstream I could go. <laughs> <laughs> but, because that's what pop is. Um, it is. But my boy, Bruno Mars, is oh, got to so be good, my number dude. one. I should have put that as my number uh, two. Number one, yeah, just, I mean, uh, you, can't, you can't help but groove to Uptown Funk right now, which is He's just so the song that's taken over the radio. But I'm going to give him his most props because, I don't know if y'all know this, but Bruno Mars's actual name is Pete Jean Hernandez. I can totally imagine Pete that. Pete Jean, right? He so, looks you know, like a Pete Jean. Music industry at its finest, spinning the name. <laughs> but for a man named Pete Jean to, yeah. to, to create the kind of music that Bruno Mars is, got to give him his props. <laughs> got to give him the props. I think he, he is an amazing singer. In fact, live performer, just um, great. Yeah, and like his band, like his backup band is so... It makes people move. Like you have oh, to get yeah. into it. He's when got you some watch them. talented musicians behind him. Whenever I first watched him live, and he had all that stuff going on, I was like, "This guy is a modern day Michael Jackson, man." Oh yeah, I amazing. Mean, he's, yeah, he's he's got the moves, he's and big, and he's got kind of like a Jerry Curl kind of. Yeah, and right he's just got the charisma that just like is contagious for yeah. any audience to get involved in. For sure. So Hunter, what are you packing? So this is this is maybe more out of respect than maybe necessarily because I listen to her. Well, whoa, well, crap, he's the king of pop. But but I don't think anybody says that that's like a, a guilty, guilty pleasure. Yeah. I, you got to keep it with that theme as well. So. And I, and I think that this comes more out of um, respect for the just the discography, her careers in, in general. I'm gonna go with Beyonce as my number one. Okay. Oh yeah, I really Queen respect her. One, she's from H Town, gotta respect. Boom. Two, um, I think that it's arguable that she's the most powerful woman in the world right now. Mm. I mean, a lot of people have said Oprah for a long time, um, and Oprah probably has more of an influence on people in like the sense of morality and stuff. Mm. But like when it comes to like living life and and killing it, like. Beyonce is the top of the top. Yeah, and our, our generation will agree with you. I saw a poll that came out that was, you know, the number one people that millennial would want to sit down, millennials would want to sit down and have dinner with, and it went Barack, Oprah, mm -hmm. Beyonce. Wow. So chose a good number one. That's crazy. It was the millennials it was all, number three. Yeah, it was all African American. That's but, awesome. Oh yeah, it's it, it, so it's great, and yeah, she's she's the queen bay of the industry. Queen bay, and, and dude, she happens to be married to yeah. the king bay. I always I, I also thought it was funny that uh, you know Kanye like shit on Taylor Swift whenever she was accepting that award. He's like, yeah. by the way, Beyonce had the greatest video of all time. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie or that that video that he was referring to. Was really freaking good. Though. Oh god! All the single ladies, dude. Yeah. That was a really good music video, dude. That's why people, yeah. I mean, that's why nobody cares because, like, at the end of the day, it was it was sure. a, a rather. Yeah, I'll go statement. Queen Bay for my for my final. I respect three. that. All right, let's go ahead and quickly put some numbers on these beers, and then we'll head out of here. Okay, sounds good. Why don't you Why don't you go first? Okay, I, I honestly don't think that I have a whole lot more to to talk to sure. here. I think it kind of kind of stuck with what I previously said. I'm gonna. I really like this beer. It's great. I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. Wow. Boom. Boom. Amazing beer. I want this beer again. I'm awesome. Gonna, I want to try this beer again. Yes. Good for you, Temptress. Yeah. Good work, thank man. you. You're getting the Ma banter bump. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. What is the lowest rating banter has ever given on a beer? Well, it it, it occurred nine. on shitty banter. Well, yeah. Let's let's okay. exclude. Should excluding we exclude the, that? It was a five. Self fulfilling. Five. It, it was a straight up scrimshaw, right? Maybe. Scrimshaw, I believe, is okay. a five. We also gave that one 
there was another milk stout that we had that oh, was, was really awful. bad. It started the with an Elda E. Elda M. Elda M. I can yeah. see how this kind of beer could go south quickly. Yeah, it well, if it's not done well, it's yeah. it's not good. And so, yeah, we had one that was like Elda M. It was like a 5.5. Five, and then okay. we had the Scrimshaw, which was a literally five. a new word for right down the middle, five, average, mediocre. Gotcha. So but, what's, what's so your yeah. number, Kevin? You know, I don't know if, if, if anybody's done it this way as far as how I'm going to rate this, but I kind of did like a first half, second half thing. So okay. I actually rated it on, you know, I gave it a score of four off the bat. Out of ten? No, no, no. But it was a different scale. I had reduced it to about a six-point scale okay. for the first You're half. This, the, is, this is tough, man. Magic. Right, right, right. And then for the second half, I went with a four to total it at eight. I did I like math it. right there. That is. I'm going to give it an eight. Eight's An a, eight out of ten. Eight so of it's ten. a great beer. Yeah, I, uh, you know, like I said, like by no means would a, a darker beer be my preference, but I think that helped it get the eight today because sure. it, it because it was that good. It impressed me. Sure. Um, but you know what kept it from a nine or ten was just the simple fact that I'm a you're not used to it. I'm not used to it. You know, <laughs> that's, so, fair. that's fair. You know, maybe a second round with the temptress, and you know, we might we might get to the ten. <laughs> good All right. Stuff. So uh, Hunter, gotta agree with you. That's a nine. Yes. This beer, like milk stouts, for me, I just feel like are so hit or miss and. The ones that hit are the ones that I expect to hit. It's like, this tastes like the left hand, and it tastes like mm-hmm. milk. I can taste this, I can taste that, and it feels like this. This one, like, is completely different, different than I've ever had in a milk stout, and that different freaking worked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this beer a nine. Shout out to Rob Lee for providing, again, he knows his beer, man. Hey, we got the Shout special out. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, so that's that's all of the, the stuff. We've got no mail, so Kevin, welcome to the disappointing Wait, Are you sure feeling. you don't have any mail? <laughs> Oh, shut up. We could just check it again just to make sure. Check it we'll again. I, next time. I think you should check it again. I think... Uh, oh, I think he sent one in. We're not going to do one. <laughs> We're not going to indulge you. <laughs> we didn't come here to stroke your email ego. <laughs> Even though we will next time. Next time, we oh, will stroke worry. it all well, day long. I will long. say, I will, I will definitely now contribute to the mail. Dude, you know, thank you. Yeah, and please. if you want to, it's wittybantershow at gmail.com. You can Witty email at any time. At gmail. We'll, do it, we'll, people. We'll, uh, we'll read anything. So let's plug away. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to give you the floor after we go ahead because I know that yeah, you have dude. your own social media stuff yeah, as well. So, But for Witty Banter, though, you can find Witty Banter on iTunes. Just search Witty Banter. Um, hit subscribe every week. The download will show up in your download queue for free. If, if you don't have iTunes, you go to wittybantershow.com. You can download every new episode there for free. Like us on Facebook or facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at wittybantershow. And, of course, we have the email address, wittybantershow at gmail.com. Hunter is on Twitter. He's at dieseldorset. I am on Twitter. I am at bodaciouschase. Kevin, where can we find you in the social media space? Ooh, well, you know, I'm actually not a big Twitter person, believe sure. it or not. Fine. But, um, you know, I'm, uh, I've been trying to, you know, grow my following what I can in the Instagram Vine space. So you can get me at... Uh, at Kev Kings, and that's Kev, Kev King with a Z at the end of it. Cool. Um, and sticking with, you know, kind of the segment and the music, I'm also going to plug uh, a good uh, buddy of mine's uh, band, The Louisiana Purchase. You guys that's should a cool that's band. That's a great name. That's Isn't a great it? band. Yeah, I like name. it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome. They just released a, a new EP. Um, they've Sweet. got an album they dropped over the summer. They just did a new kind of spring EP. Um, but The Louisiana Purchase, you can check them out at bandcamp.com. Uh, backslash, I'm pretty sure Louisiana Purchase, or uh, yeah. just go to Bandcamp. Yeah, <laughs> look for Louisiana <laughs> Purchase. 
It's a memorable <laughs> name. Um, and then uh, also check out my brother's Vine account. It's uh, Matt King. He's uh, merging in the Vine space, uh, and he's actually going to be out at Playlist Live in Orlando uh, this weekend. <laughs> he's uh, flying out there tomorrow um, to work with uh, Inbox Messenger and uh, to do some Vine promos out there. So hopefully you guys check that out. Uh, like I said, it's out in Orlando, so if you're, if you're a fan of Matt King on Vine, it's go a power to meet up. He, uh, Matt he's, King. He's going to be doing some, some, some fun stuff out there. So uh, check that out. Vine is, Vine is a really awesome emerging kind of app out there. Um, and I want to encourage a lot of people to kind of yeah, get involved. You got one as well, right? I do. I have a Vine. Uh, it's funny. So my Vine actually started, uh, I credit to Johnny Menzel. No shit. Wow. <laughs> the Longhorn in me, I have to credit to him. I was, you know, home one night. It was college football last fall. And you know, the cameraman caught Johnny in one of his brilliant moments. And it was, uh, he dropped some, some curse words on the, uh, <laughs> on the screen. Don't so, tell you me know, it was your Vine that I was watching on the internet over and over again. <laughs> Which one was it? I mean, so... Go ahead. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the, what the, what's the language uh, rule. You can say what you want as long as, as long as it's not just like don't being profane to yeah, pre yeah, profane. No, so, you know, I, I, I kind of gave him a little flamboyant twist to Johnny Manziel's voice, and it was pretty much just like, fuck. I God. saw that. That was you? You didn't know that? That was you? Yeah, that was my mind. That's incredible, dude. Wait, you didn't know this? I did not know that. Oh, no way. This was not planned. I that is really, uncanny. You didn't know this. That is insanity, yeah. dude. Yeah. That is so cool. So Everyone and their mother saw that. That was on Reddit, dude. That was front page of Reddit. Okay, okay. Well, I have to clarify the story, though. Okay, so. Okay. I did this Vine, right? And it started to get super popular in the UT, A&M kind of student yeah. space. And I made it the day the game happened. Two days later, a guy made the same vine, and that one has way more views. Uh, so well, that's turbo, so dude. He totally hijacked Vulture, the vine. So dude. out there, and he goes to UT. But no, um, I'm going to... And I've kicked his ass several times. <laughs> no, I, I get the last laugh, though, because then a couple weeks later, I did like a Les Miles vine, where it was like Les Miles like, fist pumping in the air after they made like a game-winning field goal. Yeah. And just going like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how I got involved with vine, was just doing these stupid football voiceovers. Um, and then my brother, you know, kind of ran off with it from there because it was like New Year's Eve and it was like, you know, what was some of your biggest regrets of like 2013? And he was like, you know, I didn't get involved in Vine like I wanted to. And I'd been shit talking to him all year. Like, oh, I'm getting Vine famous because of these football Vines. And yeah. so he's like, you know, I'm going to make a run for it, you know, and yeah, I'm really going to keep it myself. So awesome. And so uh, in 2014, he took off and, you know, did a couple goofy Vines. And to go back to your number one choice, Beyonce, mm-hmm. we were actually like in I-35. I'm running into my mic. I-35 traffic heading back for Easter weekend. And, you know, we're doing anything to keep ourselves entertained. And so Beyonce comes on the radio. It's love on top. And, you know, I see Matt's pulled out his phone. I'm driving, and I'm just kind of bobbing along. I'm like, oh, he's making some kind of vine. And he all of a sudden turns down the radio, and he's like, just check this out. Like, is it, is it stupid? Is this funny? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's pretty funny. Like, you're making funny faces. Like, you know, that was clearly his shtick at the time. He, yeah. He, funny he's face a good, Funny face guy. He's a good-looking guy. You can make his face look goofy in a second. It's very Jim Carrey-esque. And, you know, I'm like, you know, just post it. Whatever. Just post it. You know, fuck it. So he posts it, he passes out, you know, takes a nap on into Dallas. We get there, and by the time we're in Dallas, this thing's blowing up. And the next couple of days, we get hit up by a couple of Twitter accounts who are just like, yo, we got a funny idea for your Vine. We're going to post it, and we're going to say, pause this Vine at any moment um, for a good laugh. And basically, like, if you watch the Vine, he just makes these ridiculous faces as he's bobbing <laughs> along to the chorus. That's um, awesome. They blew it up. The internet memed it. It ran a BuzzFeed article, and it just got a lot of press. And, oh, and, my God, and BuzzFeed dro- article. Yeah, and drove some traffic his way. So, you know, he kind of ran with that and, and really built a following out of it. So, you That's know, he's awesome, got, man. He's, He's nearing about, I think it's over half a million followers. And like I said, he'll be out at Playlist this weekend. So, so definitely check him out and, and check out mine. Uh, Kevin King and then Instagram at Kev Kings. Um, 
And yeah, Louisiana cool. Purchase. I think those are my plugs. And Ooh. Capital Factory. There I you go. can't tell you guys how awesome this was having you guys in the space. One of the big goals of Capital Factory is to get as many people as we can here. Yeah. Thank you again for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, of course. This is awesome. I've been a podcast fan for a while, and so this was cool just to get to Well, you're a natural. Yeah. You get a 10 out of 10 from the banner. Yeah, seriously. I hope Banner Nation was into it. From the experts themselves. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. And until next week. I'm Chase Williams from Hunter Dorset and Kevin King. We are out. Beep up beep. Beep beep. Beep boop pop loop pop pop. Beep beep. Beep 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 be